Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker, All the Games. This is episode one. We're coming at you from the East Coast of the United States, January 2022. I'm your host, Sean, online as Atomic Squeeze, New Cops, or Homebrew, depending on where you play. We have a fun and informative show for you today where we'll be focusing on five-card draw. But first, we'll talk about my latest poker session, then we'll get to five-card draw, and finally end with news about poker rooms in Texas. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy shooting the shit about all things poker and beer. Since poker is, well, supposed to be a social sport, and as it's winter, and there's snow on the ground here in the northeast of the United States where we're recording, this episode I'll be drinking, yes, I'll be drinking, <laughs> a, an Imperial Stout, a Brooklyn Brewery Black Chocolate Russian Imperial Stout. This is a full-bodied, high-alcohol beer to start this podcast off strong, and we'll take it from there. This is a beer worthy of a tulip glass, and so that's where we're enjoying this one from. Oh, nice. This beer is chocolatey, roasty, and goes down oh so smooth. Let's check the bottle. Oh, wow. At 10% ABV, we'll see how long I can keep it together. So let's get started. First, a quick bit about why our focus is on non-holdem poker. Well, non-hold'em poker is exciting. We like to mix things up here, and mixed games are full of variety. Maybe you're tired of all the variants of hold'em, right? I mean, we've all been in a hand where villain sucks out on us on the river after all the money goes in. If you love poker but get frustrated at these scenarios, well, non-hold'em poker is the place to be. While mixed games can be confusing, we're here to help clear things up by providing an introduction to these games in the exciting sport of poker, all the games. A lot of players are uncomfortable sitting at a table in non-hold'em games. This podcast is presented to help you with that, because once you sit and play in a non-hold'em game, you'll realize all that you've been missing. Let's break down a little terminology before we get started. You'll hear me use the terms non-hold'em and mixed games a lot, and so let's clear that up. Non-hold'em means just that, games other than hold'em. Mixed games will also mean that on this podcast. However, it does have two meanings. The second meaning for mixed games is when it refers to a poker game which involves multiple different games in a single event. For example, horse, H-O-R-S-E, for those who are uh, grammatically challenged, each of the letters stands for one of the games. 
for those that don't know, those games are H for Limit Hold'em, O for Omaha 8 or better, R for Raz, S for Stud, and E for Stud 8 or better. So mixed games can mean a game like Horse, where five games in one, or on this podcast, a lot of the times I'll either say non-Hold'em poker or mixed games, meaning any variation of poker other than Hold'em. All right, for today's episode, we'll be covering five-card draw. But first, a little story about a seven-card stud game I sat in. As is common throughout the United States outside of Las Vegas, it's tough to find live non-Hold'em games. At the Borgata, there's a seven-card stud game that's usually spread every Friday and Saturday, getting started early in the mornings on each of those days. If you aren't familiar with stud, hopefully this will get you interested, and don't worry, Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our episode where we'll be covering stud. So, I'm playing in the seven-card stud game at the Borgata Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. There's usually two or three limits of stud spread, with 510 limit and 2040 limit being the most popular. Once in a while, a 1020 game will take off. This particular session ended up running as 510 seven-card stud. At these limits in the Borgata, the ante is 50 cents, and yes, it's the only place where I see half-dollar coins in circulation. So there's a 50-cent ante, the bring-in is $2, and the complete is $5. With $5 bet increments on the early streets, that's 3rd and 4th, and then $10 bet increments on 5th, 6th, and 7th Street. Don't worry if you're confused about that. We'll get into that in a future podcast, and it's not important for this story. Just giving some details about the seven-card stud at Borgata. So the game got started with five players and ended up filling up with seven players at the table. You might ask, seven? Why seven? Well, figure seven-card stud. Each player gets dealt seven cards, seven players, with some burn cards. There's an entire 52-card deck. A lot of the usual suspects were at the felt with me. Some great characters, each with their own unique style of play. Unfortunately, the most exciting part comes in when I'm about to leave the game. As I was getting ready to depart, another regular joined. It seems to me this player gets called to the game by another player at the table in hopes of breaking me. There's a specific player in this game who goes to war with me, and we battle fiercely for pots throughout the sessions when we're both in hand, and especially when we're heads up. So it seems another player gets called in as backup. I don't see this as collusion, just two people firing off against me in hopes they can break me. It's quite challenging and, in actuality, quite fun, in my opinion. Unfortunately, this day I couldn't play too much longer and couldn't continue the feud for too many hands with both players firing at me. After a couple of hours of play, I was up $58 for a win rate of $29 an hour. Nothing that's going to, you know, make me rich, but uh, not a bad rate for sitting down and playing some cards in the casino. You'll see, as I talk about mixed games, there's a lot of stories. This is a social game, after all, and so stories are a big part of it. And through these stories, we become better at the game by being able to understand our opponent's strategies and then appropriately countering it. So I'm going to explain how do you counter this situation where I have one or maybe two players uh, firing at me, trying to break me. In this case, the way to counter these type of fierce pot battles that I'm in with 
one or two of these players in this particular game is to play loose early, then tighten up in the middle of the hand that is on the middling streets and fold if necessary. So what I'm going to do is look down at my, my whole card. So in stud, you get two down and one up to start, so three cards. So I'm going to take a look at my three opening cards, and I'm going to open wide. So I'm going to open wider than I am with other players at the table, uh, open my range up a little bit, um, not play any three cards, but uh, a little looser than usual. And then on the later streets, you know, when the fourth, fifth, sixth cards start to come, um, I'm going to start to make some decisions, tighten up a little bit, and, and fold if necessary. If my hand is worth continuing with, and I see their their board or their up cards in seven card stud is not going anywhere, so my hand's looking good, their board isn't going in anywhere, I'm going to bet out hard to get them to fold their weak holdings. Or if I do hit my hand, and oh, this is the most exciting part for me, I bet out hard and raise because I know they're going to call down with marginal hands because they're just so wanting to take a pot from me. Ha! Mixed games are such great fun. All right, let's move on to five-card draw. So why are we starting with five-card draw in episode one? Well, we'll have to go over a bit of poker history and how poker originated. So a little history before we dive into the game of five-card stud itself. The earliest form of poker is described in Jonathan Green's work from 1843, Exposure of the Arts and Miseries of Gambling. <laughs> you might think, oh my gosh, a book about the miseries of gambling on a poker podcast? Well, <laughs> we, know poker, we know poker and gambling can be miserable, right? But uh, the, reason you're po- the reason you're listening to this podcast is so you can put that misery upon the other players. So the card game described in that book, written in 1843, is most similar to draw poker. However, there were no actual draws in what was one of the first variations of card games that most closely resembles poker as we know it today. We shall call this very first poker variation, described in written form in 1843, draw less poker, as players were dealt five cards followed by unlimited betting, but without any draws. The mechanics of the game were that simple and straightforward. So why no draws? Five cards, no draws? Well, you know, you'd think, given today what we know, you could have a lot of players in the game. The difference back then was the card-playing deck consisted of only 20 cards at that time. So there were no draws, and the game could only be played four-handed at most. Once the 52-card deck came into regular use, more players could partake, and draws were brought into the mix for what we now know today as draw poker. And this is why we are starting episode one with five-card draw. Let's move to the general play and rules of five-card draw. As mentioned, this is a draw game, generally played as fixed limit, but can also be played as pot limit or no limit. In the end, each player will be dealt five cards all face down, with one chance to discard any number of cards and draw new ones to replace the discarded cards. The traditional ranking of poker hands is utilized, with the pot going to the player with the highest five-card hand. Specifically, how do we deal and play five-card draw? Well, an ante is used for any player at the table wishing to be dealt into a hand. 
Alternatively, blinds can be used with a dealer button, like in No Limit Hold'em. However, antes are generally utilized to increase action and subsequently increase the size of each pot. So, after the antes are posted by each player, five cards are dealt to each player face down, one at a time, starting with the player to the immediate left of the dealer and proceeding clockwise around the table. A round of betting occurs, where each player, starting with the player to the left of the dealer, takes action as either folding, matching the small betting amount, or raising to a larger amount. And you'll notice here, we're not going to talk about the, the ante price or the, uh, the betting limits because that's fixed um, in the game. For example, I mentioned the uh, 510 stud game earlier in this podcast, and so the limits there were 5 and $10. So the betting amounts will be different depending on uh, the stakes of the game that you're playing in. So, to continue, once action is taken by each player at the table, still in the hand, beginning with the player closest to the left of the dealer, each player is prompted one at a time to discard any cards they wish to replace in their hand. And unless house or casino rules prohibit it, you may choose to discard up to all five cards, although this is not recommended, or not to discard any cards, which is also known as standing pat. Once all players at the table still in the hand have acted by discarding the cards they wish to replace, the dealer replaces those cards in turn by dealing the same number of cards discarded by each player, all face down. Once this first and only draw is complete, another round of betting, either betting, checking, raising, or folding, depending on the prior action, takes place, beginning with the player who opened the first round if annies are used, or, in the case of where blinds are used, the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer who is still in the hand, and continuing clockwise around the table. After all bets are in, finally, the showdown, where a winner is determined with the best high hand being made using all five of the cards in each of the remaining players' hands. So I know that gets to be, sounds like a bit much. Uh, might have to rewind that a couple times to go through. But quite simply, what happens is, you sit down, let's say we're playing antes, uh, as per usual, each player antes uh, the, the correct dollar amount, then the dealer deals five cards to each player one at a time around the table, and then each player decides whether they're going to check or bet, and, or raise, depending on prior action. After all the checking, betting, and or raising goes around the table, each player has had a chance to act, then you Decide which cards you want to discard and place them face down in front of you. The number of cards that you want, you place them face down in front of you. The dealer then, in turn, deals the cards to replace those. So let's say you have four of a kind in your hand. You're dealt four twos, right? You're going to pretty much replace one card or none. So you're going to put one card down in front of you. If you're dealt a pair, you're going to probably put three cards down in front of you. So once you've done that, the dealer's going to replace those cards for each player, and then there's going to be another round of betting. And then after that betting, the uh, highest hand wins. Um, in this game, there are no ties. So if two high hands, if there's two full houses or two people with a single pair, the, spot, the pot gets split between the two players. It's as simple as that. So let's go over some beginner's tips for five-card draw to get you started. And as I stated, this game is simple, but tip number one, 
Do not let the simplicity of gameplay fool you. And that leads us to tip number two. Do not play too many hands. A lot of players, because the game seems so simple and easy and there's not a whole lot to it, they want to get involved in too many hands. And that's usually a problem. So you need to you need to have restraint. Tip one, do not let the simplicity of the game fool you. Tip two, do not play too many hands. Tip three, a little more specific, on a basic level, consider the following, right? If you have one pair, draw three cards. If you're dealt two pair initially, draw one card. If you're dealt three of a kind, draw two cards. So very simple, straightforward. Unfortunately, those things are going to, you're going to get read by other players who are more experienced. But again, very simple, just something to get you started with. Tip number four, open, that is come in with a raise if you're dealt two pair or three of a kind. So if on the initial deal, you have two pair or three of a kind in your hand, open and or raise depending on the prior action before you. Tip number five, use caution with four cards to a straight or four cards to a flush. So you might think, man, I got dealt four out of my five cards on the initial deal. I have four cards to a straight or four to a flush. Be very weary of this as these hands do not often get there when only drawing one card. If you happen to be playing a version that's a three card draw version, and we'll get into three card draw games in future episodes, um, a lot easier to hit your straight or flush. But with one draw, with one card to come, you're pretty much a four to one underdog, especially if it's a shorthanded game. So use caution if you're dealt four cards to a straight or four to a flush, as you might not get there. Tip six, the final tip for this episode, position is important as it is in Hold'em. So if you're playing in games with blinds, similar to Hold'em, the closer to the button you are, that is, the later in the hand that you act compared to other players, the wider the range of hands that you can play. Those are some basic rules to get you started in a game of five-card draw that will put you ahead of other players. All right, so briefly to go over them one more time, do not let the simplicity of the game fool you. Don't play too many hands. If you're dealt one pair, draw three cards. If you're dealt two pair, draw one card. And if you're dealt three of a kind, draw two cards. If you are dealt two pair or three of a kind, open, raise, or re-raise, depending on prior action. If you're dealt four cards to a straight or a flush, be careful. Those hands don't often make it when only drawing one card in this game. And in games where blinds are utilized, position becomes important as it is in Hold'em. The closer to the button you are, that is the later in the hand that you act compared to other players, the wider the range of hands that you can play. All right, finally, let's talk about a hot topic in the poker world. Doug Polk bought a poker room. For those of you who are into poker, you might know Doug, Doug Polk. For those who are not, you might not. Um, the most recent uh, play he was in was in with Daniel Negreanu. And uh, unfortunately for Daniel, one of the top uh, poker players in the world, uh, on the highest up uh, in the top five in the money list, not sure exactly where, but uh, in the top five with tens of millions of dollars won in poker, uh, played Doug Polk heads up in No Limit Hold'em, and Doug Polk beat him out of $1.2 million in, in that game. So 
That's a little bit about Doug Polk. And I guess that gave him some uh, some, some loose cash to, to, to float around with. So he, along with Andrew Nimi and Brad Anderson, bought into the Lodge Poker Club and Card House in Austin, Texas. For those who don't know, the Lodge is one of the largest poker rooms in Texas. So a little bit about card playing in Texas. It's different than from what most of us are used to. There's a number of these card rooms in Texas that operate outside of a casino but aren't home games. So it's different than most of us are used to. Since taking a rake is illegal in Texas, similar to many other states, instead players pay a membership fee, either daily, monthly, or annually, and then pay an hourly fee to sit at a table playing. There's paid dealers, lounges, and generally food and alcohol available. So it's, it's similar to a casino. It's just not a casino. It's, it's, it's simply a card room. The Lodge is unique because they began live streaming tables a number of months ago. And if you haven't, I recommend taking a look at their videos of live streams that can be found at thelodgelive.com slash club. That is thelodgelive.com slash club. The hosts are entertaining and the poker is fun to watch. Anyway, back to Doug Polk and the others buying into the Lodge. They bought into the club as co-owners along with those who previously owned the club. So there's already a lineup, a tournament scheduled. There's uh, big meetup sessions. And of course, as, as is very common throughout the United States, plenty of no-limit hold'em tournaments. But what's of more interest to us here at Poker All the Games is a meetup session with Jake Abdallah on mixed games. So since Jake is involved with Doug Polk on a training site, uh, poker training site online, um, and Jake is the sort of mixed games master on that poker training site. I'm hoping that uh, there's there might be some more mixed games at the lodge, and uh, we can we can move mixed games forward uh, a bit quicker if uh, if the lodge starts uh, playing and maybe uh, streaming some some live mixed games online, uh, so so we can all watch and learn a little bit. So that that that's pretty much what's going on with Polk. More in Texas, though, since since that investment of Polk and Company in the Lodge Poker Room, there's been another news story about Texas card rooms. The Texas Card House in Dallas had their license revoked less than a year after receiving approval to operate. So this Texas Card House is similar to the Lodge, um, another poker room in the state of Texas. And it appears that the Texas Attorney General's office does not condone card rooms in Texas, and is uh, potentially setting out to shut down small businesses in the state. So we'll have to wait and see if Doug Polk and those guys made a good bet in buying in to the Lodge card room, or if they're going to bust out shortly after buying in. Well, that's all for Episode 1, Five Card Draw. Thank you for listening to Poker, All the Games. Join us again in two weeks for Episode number 2, where we'll talk about the popular game of Omaha. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Scoop as many pots as you can.